When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbein, joined every Friday by my main man, Derek Bell. Find us on YouTube.com slash Talk and subscribe anywhere you get your podcast today. Plenty of NFL draft news as we are two weeks away from day two, actually, we are one week, six days away from the draft. Things are heating up in a big way on both sides of the football for the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's been a beautiful week here in the Berg. I've been pushing it all week. It has been gorgeous. I've tried to golf every chance I could. I've been doing yard work. It's it's a good time. How you feeling, my friend? Yeah, chilling, man. Um, it's it's definitely been good weather. I, I got to you know run outside uh, yesterday, Ooh, so that's always. That's always a good time. It's been good weather. I'm I'm excited. To, I'm hoping that I, we can get a little more consistency, uh, not so much up and down, but at least it can. Are you guys, out. you guys I'd getting like the up and down consistency? Oh yeah, dude. It's oh. like there's like days where I'll like go into work and it's like seventy something degrees, and then when I get off, it's like forty. It's just, it's just yeah, random that's like that. That is true because you work overnights, and I, I was actually just saying that yesterday. When you go to bed, it's like still like. 60 degrees outside and then you wake up it's like 32 and you're like <laughs> right. all right cool like it's fine for like like i got the ice bath outside so like you know you dip in the ice bath they're like oh chilly but like and uh, it's it's you can tell it's still we're, we're on the cusp of it's still trying to push second winter on us and we're like yeah. nah 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 let's get rid of yeah. it but it is it's been a gorgeous time it's been a gorgeous time running outside has got to be a good one for the pittsburgh steelers there's been plenty of news going along we got uh, a new cornerback that could surpass a pretty big name for uh, the fan base here on top of some very interesting pre-draft visits. But first, we got to start with a name that has been all over the Pittsburgh Steelers draft board, a name that me and you at one point, uh, almost a week, maybe two weeks ago now, dubbed one of two favorites for the Steelers, a guy that we were almost certain was going to end up in Pittsburgh. Dwan Jones reportedly from, I believe it was Tony Pauline, said that because Dewan Jones did not work out at his pro day or measure, which was a big deal. People wanted to know how heavy he was. He's six million pounds, he's six million feet tall, and you know, but he was assuming he's just 500 pounds. Didn't work out, didn't measure. The Steelers were reportedly quote unquote pissed about that situation. Do you look at that and did, did you have a major reaction to it, or did you just say, ah, it is what it is? He's still six eight, you know, four hundred pounds and could do anything. Right. Yeah. No, I was not. Um, I was not very surprised that he he didn't do any workouts just yeah, because, yeah. I mean, it's like one of those things where um, if you know somebody's like not a great athlete, like you already are kind of not letting them check that box anyway. And he wasn't going to be able to check that box. So I, I think he probably was just advised from, you know, his agent that he didn't need to do that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um you know, I can see the Steelers uh, would be concerned. 
I think the bigger thing maybe than him not working out is more so him not weighing in or measuring yeah. because I think he came in at the combine like 375. Um, he's a guy that I know like the weight thing has been a big, you know, topic of concern uh, around the league. Um, and I definitely think that, you know, whenever you get these like bigger tackles that are, you know, over 350 pounds, that's always the thing is like, are they, are we going to be able to keep them at a decent playing weight? Like you think about guys that have been high picks just in recent years. Like I think back to like Makai Becton, like that was a big oh, thing that's with a him. Big one. Yeah. Um, and I know he's like dealt with some injuries, but like he was dealing with like weight issues as well. Like and Becton could, was, Becton was a really good athlete for his size, yeah. like a, a lot better athlete than Jones. Granted, he's not nearly as long. Yeah, you, um, could, you could talk about Zach. I mean, Zach Banner right from the Pittsburgh Steelers came, yeah. when he came to Pittsburgh. I know that's where he wasn't drafted, but he was, you know, almost 500 pounds and had to drop 100 pounds, I believe, by the time he was, you know, a yeah. starter. I just I just looked this up just to see about Beckton. But Beckton, I said I said DeJuan Jones is a lot longer. He's like he has like an inch longer arms, but Beckton still had 35 and five eighths arms, but Ooh. he ran a five one at 364 pounds i mean that's just uh ooh, that's dude that's moving. a rhino that's yeah. a, that's a that's 80th an elephant. percentile 80th percentile uh speed for a tackle at 365 pounds it's pretty impressive that's uh but yeah jones i i didn't exp- I, I know that he's not um you know an elite athlete by any stretch of the imagination we we kind of know some of his athletic limitations um and the ways that he kind of uses his link to kind of minimize some of those but i do think it's notable um you know that the, there's some reports coming out about his uh about his weight or you know that teams were a little bit turned off that he didn't elect to work out at all um at his pro day that also could mean and this isn't necessarily a given but it could mean that his agent's telling him that he's going in the first round so yeah. like you know hey if you get to x pick we've been told that you know you're in heavy consideration for this team we don't need to work out because you already your stock is good so yeah. um you know the, it could mean that too so yeah, I, I I picked up on that. There were rumbles of that at the Senior Bowl when he practiced for one day and then kind of disappeared. It was like, oh, maybe his agent told him. So he's good. I I will say this. I have uh, I did a little digging on yeah. the Senior Bowl thing. Uh, I don't think that's what happened. <laughs> I heard just... a million stories. I heard that he had a concussion. I heard that he left. I heard that he just packed up and dipped. Um, and then he showed up the last day. I, I heard a billion stories. What is what? Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's a mix. It's a mix between like him backing up and leaving and uh, some other some other stuff. But um, <laughs> I do think that they they went out on. Uh, it, it seemed like to me that the senior bowl went out of their way to kind of protect him um, in various ways. I'll just say oh. that. But um, you know, it's interesting that that could be some of the concern here too. Like you know there could be some uh, questions that he needs to answer about some of that stuff. Um, You know, I don't know. It's interesting to me. I do. I will say too, like the Steelers um, just in terms of um, with Jones and I'm not trying to like label him as like a character or work at the guy. I don't, I don't have a really, really real reason to believe any of that stuff yet. Aside from the stuff that I heard from senior bowl. Um, But I do know the Steelers are one of those teams that, uh, you know, they, they do their homework on their, on their guys, but, you know, they don't really feed into like the mainstream media kind of yeah. nonsense with that stuff. Like we we remember about the uh, 
like the George Pickens character concerns. Yeah, uh, true. The week Very of the true. draft last year, everybody like there was that article. I think it was from the Athletic, where you know it was just coach after coach, receivers coaches, scouts, like everybody saying there was red flags everywhere. And then Tomlin pretty much brushed those off and said like that stuff gets mischaracterized. Like he, we don't have any concerns about him off the field. And then like I was told immediately after, um, immediately after they took Leal. Uh, last year in the third round I was I got a DM for somebody who uh, somebody I followed uh, on Twitter for a long time but he's a lot more he's a lot more well connected than I am but he hit me up and was like dude I love them taking swings on Pickens and Leal because like Pickens the character concerns like Tomlin's the perfect person for him to be with and then Leal like there was some work ethic stuff uh, floating around about him um, that I knew about pre-draft too he was like this is this is 100 the best landing spot for both of those guys wow. to reach their potential so i didn't i didn't know that about I think, I think you would have never guessed that I, yeah i think I, I think i said that last i want to say i said that like right after or on the draft probably uh, pod or something i yeah. i'm pretty sure i've already brought this up on the channel before like maybe at one point but yeah i mean i like you know this some of this stuff it's kind of hard because like we're getting so close to the draft like what what is real what's not like some teams could be feeding agents and feeding guys stuff just to maybe get a player's uh stock to plummet enough for them to get it within striking distance of drafting the player you just don't know what's real and what's not right about now for real i think that's the craziest part is like that that whole like conspiracy of, of teams trying to plummet guys stock so that they fall to their pick like that's a real thing like teams will teams will very much so just like toss a little bit of information here, a little bit of information there out to the media, and all of a sudden you get things rolling. I also think it's interesting, though, because just like uh, the DeMarvin Leal stuff and the George Pickens stuff, like I think everybody in their market has those guys that are like labeled with character concerns, we'll say. But it's different for every market, and like it's more extreme different. Like DeMarvin Leal is one of the nicest human beings I've ever met. Like, you know, the second I, I met him, he shook my hand, introduced me to him, and I was like, all right, this guy's a great human being. Right. Um, but that's because, I mean, possibly that's because in Pittsburgh, the bar for character concerns is Antonio Brown, you know, and it's it's <laughs> almost impossible to get there. So I, I think that anybody below that, you're just like, oh, this isn't that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. We've been through way worse over here. Um, so I think it's it is very interesting to see all that with Dewan Jones. What is what is like a, a weight for him? Like, if you were the Pittsburgh Steelers, what were you hoping he weighed in at? Mm, I, I think, uh, well, maybe it's just, maybe it's not a specific weight that they want him at, you know. Yeah. That they what are you looking pro- for him to be below? Yeah, they would They would probably have a weight in mind, like, hey, this is what ideally we'd like you to play at. But yeah. I'll, I'll say this, like, it might it might have been one of those things where they wanted to see if he had put any any weight on since the combine. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? True. So like we like we talk about with players how they manipulate their weights um from uh the yeah, combine 175 to, the to 207. Well, like uh like Bryce Bryce Young. Yeah, yeah, like 105 in, to 207. You know, yeah, he he came in over 200 pounds. Like he definitely over 200 pounds. Right? Like there's no way. He's not playing yeah. at no 200 pounds. But that's what <laughs> players will do. They'll come in, you know, and either put on weight or cut weight at the combine and then they'll go yeah. test um, and then there'll be a different way at the pro day. Well, well, maybe like people are thinking, well, Jones, because I think the only thing he did the combine was run the forty. Did he get down to three seventy five to run that forty? Which was obviously like it was oh. a slow. It was a slow forty yard dash. Like I think yeah, it yeah, was thirtieth yeah. percentile, and then he had a one nine two ten yard split, which was a four percentile. So like 
not a good 40 yard dash for him. But no. did he get down to 374 to run that? Is he playing a heavier? Like, is he playing at 385, 390? True. Like, there's not there. Like, Jones is an interesting player to really evaluate in general because there's not really that many guys built like him. Like we don't, we don't, you don't see six, eight, 375 pound tackles True. with 36 plus inch arms. I mean, it, there's just not really a, there's not really a standard for it. So that would be my question. It would be less about like me wanting him at a specific way. Cause he don't even play for me yet. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you want him to be comfortable, but like when he shows up to his pro day and like, doesn't do any drills, doesn't weigh in. Yeah, like I'm probably answer trying to answer that to myself. Like, all right, what was this dude playing at last year, and what is he right now? Like, because mm-hmm. you got to think too. Like, we're getting to the point right before a draft weekend where we're not that far off from rookie minicamp. So if this dude, say for example, if he was heavier and he comes in three eighty five, three ninety, well, probably not gonna play like that in the league. Like, you can't play that heavy. You're gonna get toasted. Yeah. Um. So is he gonna be able to shed the 15 pounds, whatever you want him at. Like if he, it say you want him under 370, is he going to be able to shed 15, 20 pounds in the next three, four weeks before rookie minicamp? I was going to say rookie minicamp starts May, May 5th. So you've yeah. literally I mean, five you're days less than after a month. the draft. Yeah. You're yeah. literally less than a month. So I, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, but like I said, it could be, it could just be one of those things from Jones where maybe it's maybe from his perspective, it's not any of that. It's just, he's getting um, advice from his agent saying, Hey, you you're you're going to be a first rounder. Yeah. Don't even worry about it. Like don't don't worry about tr- potentially testing poorly or any, don't give them any reason to knock you. Um, we just need to hold our ground with what we've already put on tape and go from there. Yeah, I I I agree. I I've got that sense right from the jump is that somebody somebody knows that this guy could be a second round pick, but he's teetering on the first round, and he'd rather just and, and by somebody I mean his agent and. He's just letting that coast. You know what I mean? He'd rather him teeter than take take a risk and dip down into the second. With that said, last thing I want to ask about Jones here, Patrick Peterson, when on NFL Network, was asked who he would select at 17 if he was the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think he was trying to be realistic about the situation and say like, oh, well, you know, Paris Johnson's going to be gone. All these guys are going to mm-hmm. be gone. He said Dewan Jones. Did you, you know, do you still think that Dewan Jones is a, is a possibility for the Pittsburgh Steelers? At 17, in your last mock draft, he was the 17th pick in the draft. Do you still think that's a possibility, or do you think at this point? Yeah, I mean, I think it's possible. I mean, they've obviously showed a ton of interest in him. I mean, I I will not – I totally will be the first one to admit I am not well-connected like Tony Pauline or some of these other guys that are reporting – that are reporting some things about like, you know, people being, you know, a little bit turned off by him at his pro day or, or the senior bowl or whatever else. But um, I know the Steelers have spent a lot of time with him, whether they like him enough to take him at 17. I don't know whether they like him enough to take him at 32. I don't know. Um, I do just know how the draft typically works and tackles just, they get pushed up draft boards. It's like quarterbacks, man. Like the premier positions, uh, tend to go earlier than even what the tape or the measurables say that they should go. And like, I don't think that Jones is one of the 15, 20 best players in this draft, but it doesn't matter what I think. It matters yeah. what the NFL organizations are going to view, uh, not just him, but the position that he plays, which is tackle. And we know either right or left tackle is still a premium position. So, um, you know, I, I don't have any reaction as far as Peterson saying that. I mean, I, I know. Yeah just listening to Peterson talk ball um, 
on his podcast, like not recently since he's really been a stealer, but I, I've watched uh, him and Brian McFadden's podcast before. Um, Peterson knows his stuff. I mean, yeah. I, it would he he seems like a guy to me that's going to go into some type of or could if he wanted to go into some type of like coaching or front office role um, when his yeah. playing days are over because I, I really enjoy uh, his perspective on the game. Yeah, that media, you know what I mean? I yeah, thought he did. Sure. I enjoyed him yeah. on NFL Network. It was actually it was good. And you get a lot of those guys like, you know, that you're like, eh, I don't know, this is fun, but it's not really it. Peterson's a well-spoken dude, knows how to knows how to go about it, understands the game very well. Yeah, I agree. Um, as as for Jones sitting there at 17, I'm going to say maybe there's another name that's very interesting that we're going to talk about here soon. But first, I want to talk about pre-draft visits. The The Steelers, you know, they're ramping it up. We're, we're 28 out of 30 visits complete. There's two weeks before the draft. Very interested to see who these final two pre-draft visits are. But for who they brought in recently, again, more uh, interesting names. Two quarterbacks at this point, both late round guys, a, a big one, Jaron Hall, who people are now talking about as possibly overstepping Stenson B- Bennett as that like final quarterback that could be drafted. As of yesterday, they brought in a guy in Bryce Ford Wheaton out of West Virginia. They've already had, you know, Jonathan Mingo. We've talked about that. Charlie Jones, we've talked about him. Jaden Reed now comes in um, as well a couple of days ago. Uh, they on the defensive side of the ball, very interesting names. Keon White came in. Last week, Carl Brooks came in yesterday. Uh, Robert Beal out of Georgia caught a lot of people's eyes when he showed up. Tanner Ingle out of NC State showed up a week ago. Um, things are uh, things are heating up. And with two left, you know, you, you look at this last week, anybody catch your eye? Anybody like, oh, okay, you know, that's, that's a name to watch. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, Jaden Reed was a guy that I think uh, yeah. as a wide receiver three type of player at the next level um, – has some inside outside versatility. I don't, when I look at Reed, um, I don't see any like just traits that just blow my mind. Uh, but I do see like a really quality NFL player. Um, yeah, and it, for the Steelers, you know, again, offering that uh, inside outside versatility, which is nice. Um, he's, I'm pretty sure, returned kicks and punts. Yes. Uh, and, you know, he, he's just a guy that like when I watch him on tape, he does every, pretty much everything like well enough like he's a three level guy like he would get um he would get open down the field he would you know be able to work the intermediate um uh Rouse I think he plays pretty well at the catch point I just don't see like a dominant type of trump card yeah um you know and he's not you know the biggest the biggest guy he's got a slight frame even though I think he was like six foot but he's only about 180 185 pounds so yeah um but he he's an interesting name. I think Carl Brooks is interesting. Carl Brooks is very interesting. Um, guy very that interesting. Was 300 pounds playing off the edge. Yeah. Uh, but could play everywhere and, and plays um, well everywhere. Yeah. Kind of bizarre. I mean, Brooks to me is one of the more interesting players. Uh, he would be even more interesting to me if they didn't already have a guy like Marvin Leal because yeah. Leal is already kind of a tweener and you're going to be bringing in Brooks who's going to have to, um, you know, make a position switch because he's yeah. played a lot off the edge and he needs to play more of a three tech role. Um, but some interesting thing about too about that I found out yesterday about uh, Carl Brooks, um, and this isn't from a verified source. I saw him just. This is literally someone responded to a tweet of mine. Um, but I was surprised by Brooks not testing very well at his pro day. Yes, I but, saw you tweet out his raw score. Yeah, raw it was score. not. 
it was not great. Like he yeah. did not test very well at all. And like when you watch him, you're like, this dude moves really well for a 300 yes. pound dude. Um, but apparently he had 103 degree fever at his pro day. Oh, so he was not himself. So yeah. that makes a lot more sense uh, because I, I at the very least expected him to test like like an NFL athlete. He really didn't. So um, but he he's really interesting too. like uh, he's pretty quick off the ball. I love his hand usage, like very quick hands, uh, loves to like cross chop uh, two hand swipe. Um, extremely productive too. Like I don't have his numbers, I guess, in front of me. Yeah, I do. Um, 63 pressures last year. He's uh, an yeah. older prospect, but yeah. 63 pressures, 12 sacks. Um, man, 36 stops according to Pro Football Focus. Um, so yeah, I mean, he he's probably the next uh, interesting player to me, just because I don't know where he comes off the board. I think he's a day three guy. Yeah, I was gonna um, say he's probably a sixth, seventh rounder. I think. But I I could even see like you know. The Steelers could like him enough if they really believe he could be a three tech um, and they see that, you know, see those other traits that he's got, you know, with that quick first step, the hand usage, the pass yeah. rush productivity. I could see them pulling the trigger on him in like the fourth round and oh. just saying like, hey, look, we're going to, you know, try to look for like a future piece here um, and add some more depth behind Hayward and Ogan Joby. But. Let me let me ask this because you also tweeted out that uh, Siaka Ika did not test well. You don't believe he's got overwhelming traits either. He's a guy that I think a lot of people, including myself, label as a possibility in the fourth round for the Steelers. You think they could go Brooks over? You think they'd like Brooks over a guy like like Ika is like a you know middle of the middle of the line type of guy, whereas Brooks is kind of a tweener. You think they'd go yeah. that direction over? somewhat of a solidify, especially after, I mean, like Armand Watts, I think makes a difference in their approach to the NFL draft because there's less of a, a pressing need to add a nose tackle, but yeah, you know, do you think that they still try to solve that problem over a tweener? Yeah. So it's kind of, it's interesting because um, just in terms of like the Watt edition, Watts edition, um, he played more zero tech last year or like yeah. zero or one last year than he did the year before. But I actually think he's more of a three tech personally. Like, I, I do too. I do too. Yeah. But I think he's got the ability to play. Yeah. Vers like having I, that versatility is nice. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Steelers don't necessarily utilize, which I think is a fault, but they don't, you know, they don't hold very high standards to their nose tackles. You know, it's kind of like, well, you could stand in the middle and play a zero tech. And, you know, as long as you don't get pushed back, you're fine. That's really all we're yeah. looking for. Yeah. I just, um, just me personally, I was, I mean, Eek has been a guy that we've known about for a long time. I mean, yeah. he literally has been, you know, a contributor since he uh, came into college football. But I was impressed by his 2021 tape and he was a guy coming. I thought he was going to come out last year, yeah. um, but then he went back to school and then I watched his tape this year and I was just like a little underwhelmed, honestly, like not nearly as productive. Uh, he didn't have a sack this year. His pass rush productivity numbers were down across the board, really. Um, he also, like, didn't play as many snaps. And I don't – like, it did seem like he was coming off the field a little bit more. I don't – I don't – I don't want to say that, like, I'm not interested in him at all because, like, the lower body strength, uh, the ability to two-gap in the middle is um, – like, it, it's, it has its role – um, in yep. the NFL, especially if you're wanting to play uh, these two safety shells with light boxes, like a guy like Ika can still be um, a good, 
player for you. I just, when a guy comes in lower, like, and he doesn't weigh as much as he was listed at, especially at a position like that, and he still tests, like, not poorly, but, like, all, like, not poorly. He didn't test like an NFL player. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, they they listed him at like 355, 360. He came into the combine at 335. And when I saw that weigh in, I was like, okay, like, let's see what he tests at. Cause yeah. I, I want to know. Cause if he's 20 pounds lighter than he was playing, what's he going to test at? Mm-hmm. And then you look at some of the numbers. He had a 539, 40 yeah. yard dash, five fifth percentile. He had a 188, 10 yard split. Yep. One one percentile. Now that the ten yard splits, what, what's important? I mean, Ika's not a guy that's going to track us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, but yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. need that. You need to be good in that ten yard stretch. I mean, that's um, that's what your defensive linemen are going to be most most running. Uh, seven eight for the three cone, thirty seven percentile, and a five uh, second twenty yard shuttle, fourth percentile. So like, we're we're talking about an athlete that not an NFL athlete. I mean, I don't. Yeah. And and it, for me, when you're an, uh, you're a little bit of an older prospect now. You come into the combine underweight or under what we thought you'd be, and then you still test poorly. And the 2022 tape's not that great. You're gonna drop. What are you? You know what yeah. I'm saying? So like, if it's if you're talking about um, taking a swing on Ika on day three, go ahead. Like I, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with that. I think he can make the team. I think yeah. he can even maybe. Um, you know, give you some snaps at nose and base personnel when you're wanting to play like three, four stuff. Um, I just, I don't have really much interest in him beyond that or like on day two or anything like that anymore. Cause I just don't think um, the tape shows that type of player. Yeah. And I think that there's, there's other options and the Steelers have put some thought, I guess, into other options that I think, I think that entire argument is very interesting because exactly what you just said, if you want to play some nose in a, in a base package, the Steelers don't necessarily utilize that package much, if at all anymore, you know? And like the fact that they're talking 20 snaps a game, that's what I'm saying. You're getting 20 snaps and you're going to share it with other people because Montrevious Adams is going to get his snaps. He's not going to start, but he's going to get a couple snaps a game. Um, you're not bringing in Fayoko and Watts for them to just be sitting around. Like it's, it's a, it's a team that has a needed nose tackle, no doubt. But do you need to go out and find another Javon Hargrave? I think that was the illusion this entire time, but it's not necessarily true. Like you don't, you don't need to go find a proven star at yeah, a nose you're, tackle. Your your guys like Hargrave that are elite pass yeah, rushers like, in the middle. You're gonna have to take those guys early. I mean, and there's just, early, but you're be also gonna frank, have to. They have to be Jalen Carter's. You know what I mean? Yeah. They got to be guys that that are gonna play Cam Hayward's position, not. You know, Mon- not Tyson Alualu's position. That's not who yeah. you're looking to replace. Not with not with a, a reasonable draft pick. You know what I mean? It's kind of yeah. like a waste of money. That was the thing with Hargrave. Is like he came in here, and yeah, if Cam Hayward retired or Stefan Tuitt retired a year early or two years early or whatever, and like you know, I get that that was a crazy, unfortunate, terrible circumstance. But if it worked out to where Javon Hargrave's contract extension met a need for the Steelers, the draft pick would have been worth it. But to have him come in here and be like, oh, well, this guy's a star, but he's just going to play 25, 30 snaps a game, you know, it's a wasted position. That's exactly what it is. It's a waste that you can fill that every year in free agency and feel totally fine, you know, yeah. with with guys like Watts and Falco who have minimal starts and just, you know, there's some upside. Montrevious said, Mike Tomlin said this to me 
when Adams came in here and I felt like an idiot for asking the question, but I was like, why has he been able to come in in week 13 and actually like play successful football? And he's like, dude, he plays nose tackle. Like he doesn't need to do anything. There's no roles here. I'm like, yeah, it's very true. It's very true. Um, outside of that, you know, we talked defensive linemen. The quarterbacks is a big one. It's kind of catching a lot of people's eyes. Do you think that a guy like Jaron Hall or Clayton Toon is an option for them late in the seventh round to, to snag a QB? Um, Toon, no, because I think Toon is going to go earlier than what he's getting mocked at right now. Oh, really? I, I think he's going to go like early day three, and it wouldn't surprise me if he went day two. Okay. Um, okay. He John has Hall's like a teeter guy. Yeah. For what I understand, Toon has some fans around the league. So, yeah. um, as far as Jaron Hall, um, he was a guy. So, Nick uh, from the draft pod, he has been on Jaron Hall for forever. Like, he's, I remember him talking about Jaron Hall like years and years ago. So, he's the one who I first uh, kind of saw him through. Uh, I know that Hall has been incredibly productive. Um, I personally, some things I like about Hall, uh, he throws extremely well um, to the sidelines, like just on the money. Uh, Really, Deontay Johnson all day. Yeah, really good at throwing with anticipation on the sidelines. Um, I think that he manipulates the pocket fine but he also wasn't under very much pressure at BYU like their Mm -hmm. offensive line's been really good for a long time um but I think you know he's a smart player but he's also 25 years old so it would kind of continue the Steelers theme him and Pickett already in their primes at 25 uh they just come in here and just be you to get 10 years of quality quarterback play from both guys and then they just (laughs) both retire at the same time yeah but Hall's a guy that I would I would be interested in like if they're gonna take a like if they're going to take another seventh round quarterback, like Hall would be one of the guys that I would be interested in at that point. Yeah, I think so too. And I, and I'm not really opposed to, there's a lot of people that are like, why would you draft a quarterback in the seventh round? It's like the seventh round's a flyer. Like, you know, like you're going to take, I, I'm not a fan of it. Normally I'm a fan of it more this year because yeah. there's at least a path for them to make the team when they did it last year. Oh, it made no sense. I was furious about it just because it's just so dumb. Like we knew exactly how it was going to play yeah. out and everybody was like, Oh, like, they're going to trade Mason. Da, 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 da. And I was like, okay, dude, somebody in the all building right. tried to justify it the night of the draft because we were obviously all like, Such what are we doing? Pick. Somebody in the building tried to say, well, they bring four quarterbacks into training camp anyway. So they just needed to add that guy. And I'm like, well, you couldn't add somebody in. You can go get a hours? community like, college. Yeah. yeah, quarterback yeah, yeah. Like To you, go be I your can, fourth guy. In training yeah. Camp. Like you could call anybody in 45 minutes and they'll sign with you and you could get that fourth quarterback. Yeah. Um, but this year I agree with you. I, I think that you need a quarterback. Mitch is here for one more year. I have a hard time believing he's going to resign next year unless they offer him another $10 million, which, you know, people lose their mind. If they do, you get, you get a guy who could come in here, be the third guy, be the practice squad guy. And then just kind of like adjust into that backup role because next year you don't want to go out there and have to add three quarterbacks. Like that's just not. You know, that's not ideal. You don't want to go spend money on these veterans. You might as well just get a guy in seventh round, pay him $300,000 next season, and then, you know, have him for the next four years and feel really confident about it. And if he could turn into a quality backup, then you feel really good. That's what they wanted out of Chris Oladokun. They wanted Chris Oladokun to prove that he could be a backup in this league. He didn't do it in a very, very limited role, and I don't think that's on him, but he didn't do it in a very, very limited role, and they had to let him go. Now, you know, they don't have to do that this season. 
So you might as well go out and take a flyer. I'm not upset about it, you know. It's it's funny. I'm looking up some Hall numbers right now, and um, Pro Football Focus uh, they said that he was only uh, under pressure on 173 of his 734 Ooh. dropbacks <laughs> over the past two seasons. So, like, so this you guy know, is going to have a, an adjustment yeah. period in Pittsburgh. Well, in the in the NFL, like even your even your best offensive lines combined with like really good processors or guys that get the ball out of their hands uh, fast, like you're still going to get pressured about 30% of the time. Like, yeah. I and mean, it's just, it's just the reality of it. And that's clearly not, <laughs> no, no, not gonna you're not going to get that lucky at the next level, but Hall is a good athlete too. So I like that about him as well. Like there's, there's things to like, he's just older and um, he didn't have, I didn't personally, I didn't pay a ton of attention to the senior bowl, uh, quarterback Dude, he had a because, terrible senior yeah, bowl. everyone hated terrible his senior senior bowl, bowl. so um that definitely didn't help his stock either i mean no. i've literally watched people complain about that on the timeline dude i've never seen a quarterback i've never seen a set of quarterbacks play so terribly in my life actually like, Shron, i've gotten to high Shron school but wasn't much better yeah i would okay <laughs> that's good to know that's really good to know because i just looked at it and went these guys are like last year was rough but like Malik, I don't think Malik Cunningham, I think he gave up on throwing the football. Like after day one, he was just like, all right, I'm just going to run every single time anymore. Like it was, it was really bad. Actually felt bad yeah. for the wide receivers. Um, All right. So that's interesting. There's one more prospect I want to talk about before we head out of here. Super interesting name. Ben, Ben, a guy you've been very high on throughout the draft process. I think you uh, would be rather excited. I think I, I just kind of pictured you with a little bit of a smile when you heard this news. But uh, according to now um, multiple reports, the Steelers, quote unquote, love Maryland corner Deontay Banks. So much so that Jason LaCafora has said in a recent post that they he believes Banks could be the third corner taken off the board with the Washington Commanders, Pittsburgh Steelers, or the Baltimore Ravens. Now, you know, the commanders make things very interesting because they pick right before the Pittsburgh Steelers at 16. You don't know what's going to happen there. But if he falls to 17 and the Steelers choose Banks over Joey Porter Jr., we'll get into how much you like Banks in a second here. Do you anticipate a fire starting in downtown Pittsburgh and not (laughs) ending? Because I think that people will lose their minds, but I'm not necessarily opposed to the pick. Yeah, I mean it'll be a it'll. I, I've seen a lot of stuff on uh, on Twitter, uh, just because like people been people been telling me like all this different stuff, like you know, saying like Banks is like only rising because the combine, yep. like saying that they don't like him and this and that. And I keep I keep asking like people, you know, why? Like show mm-hmm. show me the tape and like people don't. I don't know. People don't show me the tape on it. I don't know what what we're looking at. I mean, there are definitely things that. Um, Banks needs to work on just in terms of um, some some slight technical stuff with him. Um, I do think at times uh, he can be grabby, doesn't always find the football uh, the way you want to get his head around um, at the catch point. But um, the dude's all almost always in phase, and the reason is because like he's just an elite athlete. Uh, he he is one of those guys that. I use the term like easy mover or glider, like Banks is a glider. Um, I was watching the Michigan game yesterday, just like in my free time. And uh, like they had this track star wide receiver 
that they were kind of moving around the formation. And I could tell Buddy was fast. I, di I didn't know who he was. Uh, he, he might be a younger underclassman, I'm guessing. But uh, they were moving him all around the formation. You could just tell with somebody's a speedster. Banks was running uh, stride for stride with him, just like not even trying, it looked like. But um, I think that, you know, he moves extremely well. Um, he's fluid. He's physical. Um, he plays the run like – He's mm -hmm. got that swag about him, the confidence that you need to play that position. Does have um, some swag. Consistently, like I said, like just consistently at the catch point. And I I just really like the – I really like his feet. I like his athleticism. Um, you know, he's still got a little bit of technical stuff um, to work on. But just his ability to get up and press and press like – as much as he did and you know i think that he could do that at the next level but i also think that he can play from a pedal yep um i, I just i like him a lot i really do um i, I think, think that he's a top i think he's a top 15 player in this class i, really? I don't think that i don't think there's 15 guys that are better than him wow okay okay that's a very interesting take right there 15 yep. i'm not, I'm not going to disagree i haven't done my homework like you have but I think what stood out to me in, in that little analysis is the grabby thing. I think we've said that about every single corner in this class is that they're outside of Christian Gonzalez is that they're those top four guys. Let's let me narrow that down. But that was Joey Porter Jr.'s biggest knack. Uh, it was Devin Witherspoon's knack. You know, they're just a little they're just a little grabby. They can't be as grabby. So th this is why, because you can get away with more. In yeah, college exactly. than you can in the at the next level so like exactly this is not this is not a this year type thing this is an every year thing like people yeah. like you'll see that come up in like even the best corners in the class scouting reports is because you just get away with more um in college um especially away from the football like whereas you know at the nfl level like you don't get away with as much away from the football as you do in, in, at the college ranks so um but yeah i mean i'll be honest like if they took banks at 17 over we're, Porter, what what are your thoughts on we're, Over Porter? We're live streaming. We're happy. We're, we're live streaming. <laughs> we're going straight into the film. Um, I'm happy to the point where like, you know, I'm I'm chilling. So even uh, even it's if it's pick. even if it's Over Porter, I personally, um, I personally prefer Banks over Porter in general. But I do think um, I've came around on um, understanding how Porter's going to win at the next level. I just prefer Banks because I do see them probably being used similarly early on in their careers, but I just think Banks is going to be more versatile. Like I think yeah. um, if you need him to play in the slot or if he gets bumped in a corner over situation, like he's going to be able to do that. If you need him to play from a pedal and you want to play quarters that week or that snap, like he's going to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, I cover two, he can still reroute and do the things that Porter can do. So um, I, I think that they're both good players. It just might come to like a preference type of thing. The only thing that's interesting to me about uh, LeCanna for you is saying that they prefer Banks over Porter and like, who knows if he's got good info or not. I really, I couldn't tell you. I'm not yeah, going to be yeah, the yeah. one to judge. Um, it's just cause like, I think the one holdup that they, that I can see with Porter to where the Steelers might second guess themselves is like Porter's ball skills. Like I just don't. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think something like, I don't think he has good, like, I don't even know if Porter has good hands. Like, I just – I've oh. seen him literally drop passes thrown right to him, even when he's, like, instinctual or gets gets himself in the in the passing lane. Uh, but I also don't think Banks does 
either. So I like mm-hmm. he gets his hand on hands on the football like Porter does, like at the catch point. Uh, but I've seen him drop interceptions too. So I yep. don't I don't know. To me, that's the one concern that I would have is like we know how much the Steelers care about that turnover production, and neither of those guys really turn the ball over a lot in college like yep. banks had one interception last year i don't think that porter registered one no um no they both know, have two interceptions in their career or one yeah interception and it's in their just so it's just but but we also i also say this we also said um coming into the fall everybody said the same thing about christian gonzalez yeah because they watched yep. drake london dunk on him uh the year before and they were like well he didn't have the ball skills and then gonzalez goes out and he has three four interceptions this year and everybody's like box checked so like <laughs> who knows maybe if, if banks doesn't hurt his shoulder last year he probably comes out or you know who knows he could have had you know a same situation where he gets two three picks and we're not talking about it so i don't know it's such a limited sample size too at this point just because you know like i said banks that's one of the things with him is like, yeah, we, he's only really I, got one year, right? Yeah. I mean, we like, he's played a little bit, but like 2020 was a COVID season for them. So they only played a handful of games. Yep. 2021, he got hurt at the very beginning of the season. He hurt his shoulder. So that was another thing for me. I wanted to know, like I, so far so good. I haven't seen any type of like medical concerns come out of like his test with his shoulder. So that's been a good thing. Yep. Um, and then this year, you know, he was really, really good. So that's all great. Um, you know, I'm happy that, you know, that's all worked out. But it's just with Banks, we just haven't seen a lot of him, which almost makes me, me personally, I'm looking at that from an optimist point of view where I'm like, okay, like this dude's only, he hasn't played as much, even mm-hmm. though he's not like necessarily a young prospect. Um, but there's a lot of upside still to be had here with more experience and more time. Um, so I yeah. don't know. And to Depends play the high look Pat- at it. Yeah. And to play behind Patrick Peterson, I think that's the biggest thing that's getting ignored here is that, there's no starting role in Pittsburgh right now. Like, you know, you could earn it, but Levi Wallace isn't losing a starting role, possibly, but I have I have a hard time believing that. You know, he might get out repped. Doesn't mean he's not starting. Patrick Peterson certainly isn't is not losing a starting job this season. Whoever comes in here is coming in here to learn, be part of the rotation in year one, take on a starting role and be that superstar in year two. The expectations aren't overly high. It's like a Kenny Pickett thing. It's like we understand what it is. We understand who he is and why he's here. But there's no they've set it up so that there's no need to rush the process. And if Banks turns into somebody great, cool. I think the biggest thing is at 17, you're not guaranteed anything in the NFL draft. So if you took a guy with more upside instead of a guy that feels safer and a guy like Joey Porter Jr., I understand the move and I kind of respect it because – you kind of got to swing for the fences at 17. You're not getting a top 10 pick. You know, you're not getting a guaranteed thing. You're getting question mark after question mark. Can you hit on those question marks? I think that's the biggest thing. Um, Last little nugget I want to toss to you real quick before we head out here in a second. Lucas Van Ness, according to uh, one Steelers name to watch, Steelers radio personality, Andrew Filipponi, is a (laughs) – I saw it as I woke up this morning. I saw it. Is uh is a name to watch for the Pittsburgh Steelers. The the four tweets below it are just people informing Andrew Filipponi that and I and I think you know Pony does a great job. He's a great dude. Um, informing him that it that he does not fit in what the Pittsburgh Steelers do. Nobody would know that better than you. Yes, no, maybe. You laughed when I said it. So, uh, it's gonna be funny for people that actually watch the draft pod. 
so y'all have already heard my takes on Van. Yeah, Ness. you hate Lucas Van. Ness. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. I don't hate him. I just. I just don't think that the way that he plays is very translatable to the next level. I have yeah. very. I have a bunch of concerns about Van Ness's game. I know that everybody says like it's Iowa. They only they 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 play their guys. They play their vets. Whatever. All I know is, I think it's really weird. If we got a guy who's getting top, <laughs> he's getting mocked in the top 10 and Iowa was putting him on the bench and got to have it moments like in the fourth quarter, really like teams were driving. You needed a stop. And where's he at? This dude is on the bench. Wow. Like they're not playing him at the college. So it's like, to me, that's always, that's just weird to me. And like, again, everybody said, everybody's told me like, I know, like, I get it. They play their vets, whatever. But I think if you've got a dude, no matter if you've got a philosophy or not of playing your guys, if you have a dude who is a top 10 pick at the collegiate level, you are doing whatever you can to get this dude in advantageous situations. They weren't even putting him on the field. Wow. So, um, and and just in general, like, my overall, um, I'll just might as well go ahead and get the whole take. Just in general, like, as an edge rusher in the league, there are very, very few guys who play edge rusher who yep. have no moves. He has and none. literally just win with pure power. Yeah. And pure motor. It just it does there's not many guys that do that. Like, I mean, Trey Hendrickson, like uh Nick brought this up to me. Um, I think it was yesterday on the pod or yeah, whatever. Nick, but Nick uh Nick had a very interesting comparison. I don't know if you caught yeah. that real quick. TJ uh, Watt. Did he really? Yeah. Yeah. He goes, yeah, he, you know, he's got a little bit of TJ Watt-esque to him. And I went, what? I didn't, I, I didn't hear that. <laughs> uh, no, but he, he he mentioned, like, Trey Hendrickson. So, like, yeah. Trey Hendrickson, good player. Like, I think if you were to, like, do a redraft of, like, when H- Hendrickson, it took him, like, three, four years to break out. Yeah. And, then, like, the same thing, I could see that for Van Ness, too. Van Ness, the one, the, the two things I'll say about him, if you're trying to make an argument for him, in the top 10 or something like that, or early first round, is that he tested like an elite athlete. I don't think he plays like one. That's just my opinion. But, like, he tested like one. And then he plays with a super, super hot motor. That, to me, is caveat. Yeah. When you're only playing, like, 30 45% of the snaps, you better be playing freaking hard. Yeah. Um, But having said that, like, a high motor as a pass rusher – you'll run into sacks. Like you saw that with Aiden Hutchinson last year, like early in the season, like his first like five or six sacks, I feel like were like cleanup sacks or hustle sacks. Hey, they all count the same in the box score. Like oh, the yeah. casual fans and stuff, they all count the same. No, um, step, it's not the same. So it gives you, it gives you a nice floor. I just think like for a guy that doesn't consistently threaten the outside shoulder of tackles, I don't think he plays like an elite athlete. He has no pass rushing toolkit right now whatsoever. NFL starting caliber tackles are not going to let you just run through their chest. No. 15 to 20 times. No, especially not right tackles. (laughs) Like just not, you know, those are just, those are the guys you do beat with your athleticism. Imagine you get a guy like Orlando Brown, who's going to set you inside out every single play. And he's just literally going to let you bounce off of him. And like Van Ness is really strong. Like, don't get me wrong. Like he's, he's a strong kid. It's so funny to me too. Like it's my last point. Cause I'm just, I know I'm a hater. Um, 
but everybody only shows like the, the same two highlights of him running over. I have uh, noticed that Paris Johnson. Yeah. And there's the one with him running over Skaronsky. Uh, but what they what they leave out is like Skaronsky clamped him up this past season. Like he didn't really do anything I uh, in wasn't that matchup. This year. Um, so I don't know, man. It, it is what it is. Um, I I, I agree with Nick though. Like yeah. if you're talking about a guy who is going to play some edge but you're going to kick him inside on pass rushing downs or if you just want to straight up convert him to like three tech i've seen some like justin smith type things where you maybe put some weight on him and he plays more as like a three tech or um, a five tech or something like that yeah hey i get it at that point if you want to do it fine i'm talking like if you're standing this dude up in a seven or a nine like play after play after play i just i'm i'm out like Round one, top 10, I'm out, out, out. There's just well, other players that I'd rather have in this draft um, than that. And that's just, I don't know. That's just my opinion. I could completely be, end up being totally wrong. Um, you know, you might I don't have to be if it. they trade up to nine and go get them. Yeah, I mean, I, you I don't never know. Well, another thing, it's really funny because they looked at, or they brought in a Keon White for a top 30. And yeah. like, he's the White, same thing. He's also a guy that, like, I, I've yeah. watched uh, – I've only watched, like, a little bit of his tape. Not nearly as much as I've watched on Van Ness. But, like, he's another guy I'm like, how are we mocking this guy in the first round? Like, Dude, that's <laughs> that was my question with him is, is everybody's And like, he got invited to the draft, which means he's going in he's the going top 20. He's going first round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that is – that that one got me. Because he, at the Senior Bowl, that was it. It's just like, why is this guy down here? He's going to end up going top 10. And I'm like, he is? Like, I didn't know anything about him, but watching him, I was just like, this is a very basic, super athletic, looks like a freak. Oh, yeah, he looks crazy. Yeah, but, like, doesn't, you know, didn't didn't impress me. Didn't didn't really, you know, there's some guy, like, Carl Brooks stood out. That guy, the guy out of Northwestern that I can never pronounce his name. That guy was a monster. Yes. Deion, Keon White, just, you know, didn't didn't flash for me. Yeah, I mean. Going top 10, really? I mean, White's an incredible athlete. I mean, don't get me wrong. That's I, all it was. Think, is he's just like, oh well, this guy could just jump over the line. Like, and oh, he's okay. he's played, you know, he he's played a little bit all over the place too. I mean, I know last year, like he he played primarily um, off the edge, and like I, I do, I do like, um, I do think White plays more like his testing profile or athletic profile suggests he does. Yeah. Um, but he's another guy like he's a former tight end, I want to say, um, con- uh, defensive in convert. So he's another guy when I watch him, like he don't really know what he's doing with his yeah. hands or with any type of move either. So like that's another thing. And I don't think he's like he's explosive, but he's not bendy. So like that's always a thing. Like if you're if you're not a guy that's going to consistently bend the corner, like are you going to be able to just straight out beat people with speed and first step? Or like you're gonna have to develop some type of moves uh, and some yep. counters before he can really tap into that upside. So they're both honestly like kind of similar but different in ways. But like they're both guys that like I think you're drafting them specifically on upside and your own belief belief and like you're gonna be able to develop these guys into yeah. you know special players down the road. Because I I think I would be surprised if either one of them was like a just came in right away and just you know really hit it you know off so you're gonna have to be if you're going top 10 but i agree with you i think there are three names coming into this draft process that were just like at the at the defensive end edge rusher position that i was just like what are we doing here 
and it was Van Ness, White, and Andre Car- Andre Carter. Andre Carter has fallen into where I think he yeah, deserves we've... to be in the draft, and the other two have somehow just moved their way up. Well, White to a degree. At one point, White was like, oh, this guy could go top five. And you're like, oh, okay. And now he's yeah. bottom of the first, which is still a little high, but... Yeah, I don't know. When you're an athletic freak like that, people are going to take chances on you. There's been too many of them and, in the NFL that have. And I'm out. I'm all about like I, I'm all about betting on traits when it shows up. Yeah, when it shows up on tape. When it shows just, up on tape, gotta like, watch. Do the what tape. you gotta do. And yeah. like we know, we know too that like coaches, they're always overconfident in their ability to coach guys up. And like that's why I think like you consistently every draft cycle see guys like this that are raw. Yep. but have the athletic profile that suggests they could like have a really high ceiling. That's why these go guys go high early because like they're betting on the trades. They're yep. betting on themselves to be able to get the most out of these guys. I don't fault that. I think uh, certain coaching staffs do that better than others. And honestly, like even within your coaching staff, you're not going to do that as well at every position. Like yep. you're going to have certain positions that yep. you just don't develop very well. So um you know again i think it just depends um it, it reminds me a lot of the um like we talked about Tariq woolen from last year yes like i sat there and watched like dude i watched everything i was going to youtube to watch broadcast angled games to find what everyone was seeing in this cat like beyond the athletic numbers and i'm like sitting there thinking like he is getting cooked by these account reps like there there was janitors like cooking him in college and i'm like how like and then he goes fifth round and i'm like okay well like i i had him as a late day two early day three guy so i was like this is good value this is great value for him in the fifth round but then i look and i'm like he's going to seattle this dude's gonna blow it like they're gonna they're gonna fix this dude like they do this every time they take a corner yeah very like you look brandon browner Byron yep. Maxwell, Richard yep. Sherman. Like yep. none of these guys were like top picks and they just get him in there and they're like, all right, well, he's a lockdown corner. And this is exactly <laughs> what happened with Woolen last year. Like yep. he gave up some plays, but like he was a really good dude. I for mean, you don't round see rookie. very many good rookie cornerbacks ever. I mean, I know yep. Sauce had a historic year last year, but normally that's a position that takes a little bit to translate. And uh Woolen was really good last year, but it like Landing spot, it just it matters. Like it matters so much. I've been preaching that on Twitter the last couple of weeks too, because like people lose their minds with that stuff. They just forget that you no, know, it's a part of the evaluation. Like where you end up, who you end up getting coached by. Yep. What are your surroundings like? Like yep. that stuff matters so much. And like we don't like when we're trying to like evaluate prospects or talk about these guys' strengths and weaknesses. Like that part of the evaluation is always going to be missing because like we just don't know. Like you don't yep. know where they're going to end up. I 100% agree. And I think that's very interesting with the Pittsburgh Steelers because I have a lot of faith in what Carl Dunbar does to the defensive line guys and how well he coaches them up. But at the same time, outside of Alex Highsmith, he doesn't really have, you know, there's nobody else that he's that is, that's a proven commodity at this point. We'll see with the Marvin Leal. We'll see with Isaiah Loudermilk. But, you know, from, from what you hear, it's good things. So maybe he could turn one of these guys him Lucas Van Ness number nine into into a star we never know do I hope that they tread up to nine no my life becomes pure chaos the second that they do it's scary time but at the same time it would be very exciting so we'll see we'll have way more by next week I'm sure the picture will be very clear and I mean I'm excited two weeks from the draft there's no there's no better time than 
right now. There is going to be complete nonsense for the next 14 days, nothing but it. So don't expect anything less. And a million people tossing out a million different directions for the Pittsburgh Steelers when realistically Mike Tomlin hasn't left his house in at least a week and a half and hasn't spoken a word about the NFL draft to anybody but others inside the building. It's a very exciting time. With that, we're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk. Check us out anywhere you get your podcasts and make sure to like this video. I will be back on Monday with Steven. Enjoy your weekend. Peace.